Hello, welcome to Chapter 3 Podcast, the show for readers of science fiction, fantasy, and romance. This is Season 3, Episode 22, and uh, today we're talking about Witcher Season 3, which... I don't know, I was waiting for you to hold up the book, <laughs> and I was like, wait, there's, there's no, no book. book. There's no Back book. In the olden days, you could hold up a DVD, but... That's <laughs> true. No, in fact, like, for our final episodes, we're not talking about specific... Well, that's not true. I guess we'll we'll talk about a variety of books in our final episode for Best and Worst of the Year, but yeah, no. Get a couple not-specific book-related episodes in a row. Um, yeah, so Witcher Season 3... And, uh, I, you know, normally I would mention like the Patreon, but really like if you want to, you can join and get some bonus content before the end of the year, but then we will be ending in January. So, but if you would like to toss a coin to your podcasters and join us, (laughs) we do offer exclusive bonus content for every episode. And this episode's bonus content will be fantasy adaptations, much like this fantasy adaptation. Um, and if you want to rush and go watch all our back content before everything goes away, you are welcome to do that. Um, so yeah. So I finished this, I don't know, a month, month and a half ago, maybe. So I was still kind of late and you just watched all of these. Yeah. I watched six episodes on what's today, Sunday. I watched six episodes on Friday and then the last two yesterday. That's a lot. I don't know. <laughs> it didn't seem like that much, honestly. Okay. Maybe just because I don't watch that much usually. It takes me forever to get through stuff. Um, honestly, how- that felt like less than watching like a single episode of Wheel of Time. In fairness, I had to watch Wheel of Time more slowly because I was taking notes as I was going. But even so, like, oh, each of those episodes felt like eight hours. Oh man, that's rough. Um, well, so it maybe wasn't a terrible experience then. How was this? Um, so I think this is the best season of Witcher yet. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> that's my hot take. That is so surprising because it's my least favorite season. Yeah, you're not the only person that said that to me, which is one of the reasons it took me so long to watch it because I already didn't really like the first two seasons. And then mm-hmm. from, I didn't hear like a universal consensus or anything, but I did, I feel like at the same time that it came out is when the news that Henry Cavill was leaving came out. And I felt like yeah. there was just like general negativity about it. And I didn't really like pay enough attention to discern whether people were saying the season was bad or they were just like annoyed about Henry leaving. I don't know. But I was just yeah. like, getting bad vibes slash I already didn't think the first two seasons were that great and I was like ugh, whatever maybe I'll watch it maybe I won't I don't know and so now obviously I watched it for this and I was like oh man this is the best one (laughs) I mean I cannot wait for Henry to leave because I have never liked him as Geralt and I continue to loathe him as Geralt perhaps worse than ever um but that's like neither that was to be expected that was I feel like the problems that I have with season three are just things that are generally wrong with the show. They weren't like specific to season three. And in fact, the things that I think are wrong with the show, they did slightly better in season three, even with the stuff that's like not great and has never been great. (laughs) Interesting. I wonder, because I will say this is the first season I've watched since reading a significant number of the books. Um, You know, I watched it kind of late, late in the game. And I do feel like I like... Henry Cavill as Geralt a lot less having read the books. So I don't know, maybe that made me like this Had you read, how far in the series were we when you watched season three? Because it largely follows Time of Contempt. Had we read that yet when you watched it? Um, I feel like I I, I probably read it when I was not far in to the season. Because it took me a really long time to, to, I get, it takes me forever to get through seasons of stuff. So, um, so like I, so I feel like I'd read a lot most of the books because well, I talked to somebody today that said that they hated season three but they also hadn't read have not read the books and so they were saying how confusing it was oh. and I was like oh well for me I was watching it going wow like aside from like specifics like you know mm-hmm. characterization and the dialogue and whatever I was like generally speaking the events of the season follow the books very closely like I would say broad strokes in terms of like, what are the plot developments? What are the world developments? What are the character big beats? Like 
it pretty much follows what happens in the book. Yeah. I mean, largely, I guess they do make changes. I, okay, like, one of the things I hated, I hated the, the, the first couple episodes and the whole thing of them writing letters to each other. Oh, I hated that as well. Next to each other. When I started it and um, I knew you hated it and I knew other people had hated it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is stupid. But, like, we moved on from that pretty quickly. And after we got over the letter writing thing and mm-hmm. the, like, them being together i don't know it was weird it was I didn't weird like i was like i, I was like, like a, why are we forcing the letters from the books into this situation where it doesn't it make any felt sense like a nicholas sparks movie yes <laughs> so but yeah when we got over that and we went to more like the events of the book you know where we take her to eratusa and we're getting the visions and like we're seeing the politics with the elves mm-hmm. and the clashing there and the big like political shenanigans that are taking place at era two like all that stuff i was like all right okay yeah this is this is like the book yeah i do think it got better like in the middle of the season i also didn't like the i i think i didn't like the bookends is really what it is like i didn't like the first couple episodes and i really like the last couple episodes the middle ones were like pretty good i thought what was wrong with the last couple episodes i don't i'm trying to remember like what <sighs> I don't know. The whole thing with Siri in the desert was kind of weird to me. Kind of like what happens in the book, though. Is it? Yeah. I guess. Like, she meets a little horse when she's, like, in dire straits, and she gets, like, you know, visions and weird dreams, and she's, like, she's in a time of, uh, like, she's presented with visions of horrors, and she relinquishes her power because of that. Like, yeah. that's what happens in a box. Yeah. I think I just didn't picture it the same way, maybe, is part of it. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but it was... I mean, in general, I think one of the things that I've complained about from the beginning is how they've characterized and portrayed Siri's character. Yeah. Um, partly the actress they've chosen, partly how it's written, the fact that she was a lot older when they met already. So all this kind of, like, Geralt and Jennifer are her parents thing really feels strange when she looks barely younger than either of them. Um, and we don't see her kind of growing up with Geralt. Yeah. Um, so it just feels very strange. And then I also just think that the way she is in the books, if I had to like do a shorthand way of describing her, would be that she's the personality of Arya Stark in the body of Daenerys Targaryen. And that like that is not at all how the actress who's playing her slash the screenwriters who are writing her or portraying her in the show. Yeah. I think, I think I also, <laughs> this is kind of dumb and this is not, but like in those desert scenes, I like couldn't stop noticing how well moisturized her lips were, even when she was like dying of dehydration. <laughs> oh, I mean, so like in general, I feel like the show is very like the CW version of The Witcher. <laughs> but I also feel like season three, as compared to one and two, everything about the the look of it is also improved. Is it mm-hmm. ideal? No. Are the costumes and hair choices very strange sometimes? Yes. But it, it looks much higher quality, much better thought out, much better, mm-hmm. like bigger budget. Like, Yennefer looks so much better now than she did in season one, um, like, in terms of how they're styling her as well. Like, they had this, like, heavy eyeshadow on her with quite short hair before and very modern outfits. And now she has this flowing, long raven hair with minimal makeup. And I was like, yes, I believe that you're a sorceress in this world now. Like, that looks so much better. And, like, Ciri's hairdo, it's very cool. I like how it looks. But also, it makes zero sense that while they're traveling around, I'm like, who is styling her hair like this every day? It's so (laughs) impressive. look like this. (laughs) (laughs) so like stuff like that I'm like that breaks my immersion but like I still think it looks better than it did before so it's like is it bad yes but is it worse than the first two seasons (laughs) no (laughs) I think I didn't notice it as much in the first two seasons and again I don't know how much of it is that I've now like now I'd like read the books and I was more like thinking about okay how does this compare to like what I remember happening um but yeah, her her lips being moisturized in the desert. I was like, oh, okay. Everything else is like super dehydrated, but you've got moisturized lips. Good. Okay. I don't know. Um, I was like glad that they made her actually look kind of haggard. Like her skin looked like it was peeling and like yeah. she still had the like hair in her face. And I was like, if I would, I would have like pulled that, 
oh yeah. back immediately but we have to have the weird oh, flowing thing going on i know i was like i was like why are we only like now realizing oh i could put something over my head to get out of the sun why again like I-, I did appreciate that like she looked like her face was burned and her neck right. like was like peeling and stuff i was like she looks like not how she would actually look you know if this were to happen but like right. they've made an effort to make her look pretty haggard yeah true it's true. Um, yeah, I cannot stand Henry Cavill as Geralt. Yeah. I just continue to hate it more and more. Yeah, and I think I hated yeah. it more now than I have ever before. One, because I've like, I've been like trying to like convince myself that like, well, maybe it's fine. Like, just try to see the, the good in it. Like, and I just cannot and I've given up trying. But also, I think that like now that we've moved on from Monster of the Week, like a lot of the book series is about these like weighty philosophical questions that like hang on Geralt to convey. And he's completely incapable of conveying any kind of emotion. I do not believe that, that Henry Carol uh, Cavill's Geralt gives a single shit about a, a person or a situation about anything at all in the world. Like nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I feel like he's very one note, but also they don't give him, they also don't got, give him a lot of great dialogue to work with. Sometimes I'm like, he hasn't said anything. Yeah, but a good actor tells the story on their face. Like, Geralt is supposed to be this, like, stoic, on the surface, very emotionless guy. And so people who don't know him personally are like, oh, yeah, well, witchers, do they even have emotion? He's a mutant. He feels nothing. So, like, he's supposed to, like, not really say much and kind of, like, be really stoic. But, like, I mean, Aragorn barely says a word in Lord of the Rings, but his character feels a lot of things, and you know it because Viggo Mortensen conveys it in his body language and on his face. Yeah. And an actor yeah. like Carl Urban, who should be Geralt, is capable of looking like somebody who wants to present himself as stoic, and yet the audience can see the cracks and see like right. that this is bothering him and he's trying to hide it. Like a good actor is supposed to show that instead of being, well, I'm supposed to not show emotion, so I'm convincingly looking like I feel nothing. I'm like, great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think more and more, having read the books, I don't like I don't like it either. I mean, I think going into season one, it was fine, but also I'd only read The Last Wish, and I also think there wasn't as much plot happening there, so like it kind of didn't not as much nuance like a lot of it is these like little anecdotal fairy tale stories where he kills a monster and it's this twist question of like what was right and what was wrong and Mm -hmm. it's like he still didn't do a great job a better actor would have had more depth in the performance but it's like it's adequate for what's what we're doing but when we're the questions that are coming up by this point in the series about about neutrality and about like the, the greater like philosophical and political questions that like Sapkowski and the show are attempting now to like tackle mm-hmm. Henry Campbell is incapable of carrying that and it's down to him to do it mm-hmm. yeah yeah I would agree and the way that all I feel like every single actor in the show I don't really like Siri that much but I don't know how much I can blame the actress because a lot of it is like how it's being written for her and how she's being directed yeah. I've never seen her in anything else so I don't know yeah. um, but I think a lot of it is how it's written. So even if a different actress would be better, I don't like how the show is characterizing her. So anyway, I still think all the actors in the show are better than Henry Cavill at acting. And all of them, I feel like, are doing their best to like act around this lifeless lump and to like, they're all talking about him as if he's this charismatic, magnetic personality that they're all like, oh, he would do anything for us and we have to go find Geralt. And they're really trying to sell it and they're doing their most. And you're like, wow, that sounds like an amazing person. Show me. And it's this lump of flesh that's just there. Like like one of in like the last episode or second last episode when Yennefer and Geralt are like again reunited and she's like explaining and and she's upset and they're gonna like they're together now but they're gonna be parted again and she's like talking about her emotions about it and she's really selling it and he's just giving nothing just uh, she could be acting like opposite a pillow like it's just nothing (laughs) yeah not helping anybody yeah whereas it was interesting because i think watching watching this and having read the books um i was what it it was an interesting experience seeing tasea and uh what's his name the guy she was with um 
Vilgefortz, yeah. So seeing their relationship was, I, it was like watching, you know, a train wreck coming because I knew this is not gonna gonna go well. But I liked him so much, like I wanted, <laughs> you know, like he's a much better actor than Henry Cavill. <laughs> he is. It's true. It's true. But like, I I wanted them to be happy together, and it was so. And I was like no, wait, I know who he is. Like, this is not going to be good. And I was like, oh, like, still so sad. <laughs> yep. For her. Yeah. I also don't like how the show, and this is, again, I definitely do not blame the actor. I like the actor they chose for Yaskier. I mm-hmm. don't like how they're writing his character. And it's getting worse and worse. It doesn't help that I cannot possibly believe that this character would feel any kind of way about that lump of flesh over there that we're calling Geralt. But, like, so like it's hard for me to believe that at all but then also they just, they've made his character so annoyingly quippy in a way that's like not how he is in the books because in yeah. the books he's kind of annoying but like not the, not the way he is in the show the show is just like I feel like the most immersion breaking character is Dan is Yaskier I think that's fair I think they're trying to give him something else with the um the, the prince or king whoever um and that kind of side relationship which i do think was kind of an interesting addition seeing you know where like both of them kind of have masks that they wear externally and then like trying to get beneath it but i don't know that that's necessarily enough to save what they're what they're doing with yaskier i feel like i i don't know he needs he needs a little more gravity it's not, I mean, like, whatever, like, the, the plot line with him is, like, decent enough. It's more just, like, the way that they, like, write these quippy lines that just suddenly, like, take you out of the story and take you out of any feeling of stakes in, like, the situation because he's reacting like a Marvel character to, like, the stuff that's going on. And it's, like, that's that's not what we're doing here, you know? Yeah. Like, like, read the room. <laughs> this, this isn't it. It's fair. Um... So what did you like about this season? Because you thought, I mean, you've covered a few things, but. Well, yeah, I think it's like, since it's begun, since the beginning of the show, this was the most that I felt like, oh, we're doing the books. Like, I recognize these plot lines and these arcs and what we're doing. And like, this is looking like the books. Um, And then in terms of, again, the look of everything, like, is it perfect? No. Is it still kind of leaning towards like CW-esque? you know, costuming and makeup and stuff, yes, but it still looks way higher budget in terms of cinematography and the editing and the costuming and the makeup and the hair. All of it just looks a million times better um, than it did in season one and season two. And then because these plot lines that are from the books, these like these bigger, more overarching plot lines that aren't just Geralt fighting the monster of the week, then I think the other actors who are so much better than Henry Cavill they really get to shine in their own plot lines. And it's not some, it was like last season. I mean, the actress that plays Jennifer is a good actress, but they did this like weird made up plot line for her that doesn't exist in the books in season two. And in season three, we're kind of like getting back on course to where, what Jennifer is supposed to be doing and what yeah. like challenges she's supposed to have. And it was really a joy to see a really talented actress who's looking better in terms of costuming and hair mm-hmm. really get to shine as like Jennifer and in the plot line more, more or less that Jennifer has in the books. And then, like, again, the actors, I don't like the characterization of Siri, but if I accept that this is kind of like an alternate universe of Siri where she's not like she's in the books, okay, this version of Siri, let's go with it. And I think, like, this actress did kind of like, at first, it was very annoying in the beginning, but like, by the time we get to the desert and she's like relinquishing her power and when she like joins the rats, like, I think we did see a similarly satisfying arc for Siri that we do in the books where it's like, you it feels earned that she's trained that she's been challenged that she's changed that she's had emotional turmoil and that all of this has been like a really rough way to grow up and that like it's made it's like sharpened her into something not nice but necessary Mm -hmm. and i think yeah i think it's not not perfect we are not at hbo but we're a step above cw now and we weren't before yeah yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. It, I wonder if, because I don't have as good of an experience watching this as I had previous seasons, but I do, This the, looking back, I feel like that may just be because this time I'd read the books, and maybe if I'd read the books previously, I would have felt less good about the first couple seasons. 
that seems reasonable. So for the first time, you were like, hey, this isn't like the books. Because <laughs> most of the first few seasons, you're like, oh. Seems <laughs> <laughs> fine to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I got a particular, I got just particularly annoyed at the first couple episodes and the le- the letters thing and the whole, like, them living in houses nearby and not talking to each other. I was like, this is so stupid. Why are we doing this for a whole episode? I did not care for that. No. Yeah. I'm like, you're, you're really not doing much to build. But I, I also think that this season was paced a lot better. And part of it is that, like, again, the books go from being these episodic adventures to having a proper narrative. So then if we're following the books, we start with something that's kind of all over the place in terms of timeline and in terms of what we're doing. And then we move to a more like, you know, overarching, consistent chronological narrative. So like, that's partly just because of where we are in the series. But I just think that the way that it was paced, like it was so much better. And it's also because comparing it to wheel of time, which is my most recent, you know, outing with a terrible adaptation. Um, like I, it was like a running joke in my videos about wheel of time that kind of started as um, just like, I don't know. It started because I noticed it in particular in one scene, but it was a problem with the entire show. Um, so I just kept pointing it out by like every time that it would cut to something I would say cut to. And the thing is, I would say cut to more often than I would say anything else because I'd be like, these characters said one thing to each other, cut to some other character somewhere else saying one thing to each other, cut to some other characters somewhere else saying one thing to each other, cut to a brief shot of this battle, cut to. And like the Witcher, like at least like, I mean, for the second to last episode, we stay with Siri for like yeah. 70% of that episode. We're not like show some of that, cut to this, show some of that, cut to this. Like we let like um, dramatic and tense things like play themselves out. We let converse conversations play themselves out we let like these like scenes like have gravity and weight and you stay with it and you stay with the emotion and you mm-hmm. stay with what it's building towards it's not like trying to fake a feeling of momentum in the plot by just cutting around so much that like it's like the rise of skywalker thing of like you won't notice that there's a bad or no plot because we just keep cutting to different things and you're like I'm not dumb. I can tell there's nothing happening, but also this is dizzying. <laughs> so like, I was just like the fact that like, it wasn't boring. Like um, we would stay with something, but it wouldn't outstay its welcome. Like we would get to see something and really kind of like sink our teeth into it emotionally and with the plot and kind of like have a building of tension within a scene. We didn't have to like fake the tension by having a conversation abruptly end and we just cut away to something else. It's like, that's not actual tension. That's just randomly cutting away from something. It's like, oh, wonder where that conversation was going to go. I guess we won't find out because tension, like that's like, you know what I mean? So like the Witcher mm-hmm. was like confident in its plot. Yeah. You know, to be like, this is a tense situation. This is a complicated situation. These characters are in a, in a troubling situation. Like let's, let's just like be there with yeah. them in it. Yeah, no, I mean, I would, I would generally agree with that. I did feel like the episode with Siri in the desert was a, a bit much. I was like, okay, could we maybe do something else also? But I, I appreciated it also because of in terms of like getting you immersed in what she's going through. Right. You know, it's like this, this feeling of like endless desert is like True. you kind of you get that feeling mm-hmm. because you're there with her like that, and it almost kind of reminded me of Dune. Um, which is also pretty good at making you feel like you're out there in the desert and like, oh yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, I think it was interesting to see them start to put pieces into place for what's next. So, you know, Siri joining the rats. Um, we've got Geralt getting his knee injury and, well, more than a knee injury, but like almost dying basically and ending up in the fort with the forest people trying to be healed, introducing new characters. What I am really wondering about, though, is how they're going to make that transition of the actor. Because I kept thinking, I'm like, they could, like, he's seriously injured. They could do something plot-wise where it would make sense for him to look different. That's not the direction they went. So I'm just wondering. Oh, I don't think they're going to comment on it. It just, like, in the next season, the person who's Geralt is just a different actor. I guess. It seems weird when it's, like, your main character. It is weird, but I think it would be worse to, like, invent a plot line to make his face alteration, you know, like, it's, like, it's the elephant in the room, but you just, like, okay, like, you know, it's kind of like, um, 
Mark Hamill, his face got wrecked between episode four and episode five. Mm -hmm. And they are not like, they didn't like write in a reason in Star Wars for him to be in like a weird ship crash and be like, oh, Luke's face is messed up now. They're just like, that's just how he looks now. So nothing needs to be said. I guess. (laughs) I don't know. It feels so. I don't know. I guess I never really, it, it always just feels weird to me when you suddenly get. Well, and like they character. swapped Katie Holmes for um, Maggie Gyllenhaal in the Batman movies. And they didn't do like a, why does Rachel suddenly look like a completely different, different person? <laughs> like she's, that's just Rachel now. Okay. We're moving on. <clears throat> yeah, I guess. I, I think it always bugs me <laughs> when I see stuff like that. I'm like, okay, but. But I th- okay, but I think it's worse if they draw it because, like in the Matrix, they did draw attention when the yeah. article changed to a different actress. They wrote in a stupid reason where she's like, "Oh, blah 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 happened with the machines, and now I have to look like this." And it's like, is that better? That makes it dumber. We all know it's a different actor. Now we had to have the plot also suffer for it. Like that's two bad things now. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm I'm on the fence about it. I'm like. I agree. I guess that like writing in a reason is also kind of dumb, but there's a part of me that feels more satisfied having a reason in the plot, <laughs> even if it's a stupid one. I guess I just think of it as like if you're watching a play, you know, like and they have different actors playing the characters, like the character is still the same character. These are just different players performing the role. Like if I see Othello multiple times, I'm not like, why is this a different face from the last Othello I saw? It's like, it's because it's a different actor. But the character is still Othello. <laughs> yeah, I just think plays in my brain are different. <laughs> well, I honestly think that Henry Cavill is such a nothing that I won't even notice. Actually, we will notice because suddenly Geralt will be like a, a human being with emotions and I'll be like, oh! Look at who decided to not be a sociopath. I am kind of curious to see how it's going to go. I don't know what to expect in terms of acting ability, to be honest. I I don't think Liam Hemsworth is, like, the next who's, like, universally regarded as Daniel (laughs) Day-Lewis. But, like, (laughs) I do think he's a better actor than Henry Cavill, which is an admittedly low bar, but he is better. I don't know if I've seen him in much. So I just am not sure. Like, just in the little bits of the Hunger Games he's in. Because he doesn't yeah. have that much to say, but I think he conveys more emotion in the none, like in the no lines and in the very few lines that he has, than Henry Cavill managed in the entire three seasons of Witcher. That I mean, I guess so. This is probably why playing Superman works for Henry Cavill because you kind of expect him to not have a lot of emotion. <laughs> oh, you're like, oh yeah, he's an alien, right? That, it it works. Out. It's fine. <laughs> We wouldn't expect him to have human emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm very curious. I just can't. I don't think it'll be worse. Like maybe it won't be better. I think it will be better, but it can't yeah, be worse. It, I, it would be interesting to see if there was more chemistry between him and the actress. Well, also, I think with all the actors, because like when Henry yeah. was leaving, I saw like these like compilation things of like the cast commenting on Henry Cavill as like, a, oh, to work with him and we're going to miss him, whatever. And it felt so forced. It felt like they were trying so hard to think of a thing to say that they could kind of mean. And it was the most like say a lot of words without saying anything kind of things that they were saying like, oh, yeah, he was like always there. And like he was he was Geralt. For sure, he was Geralt, and that will be different now. So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was like, man. they hate him! <laughs> well, there was stuff going around TikTok, and I never tracked down, like, where it came from. But there were there were definitely whispers that he was not great to work with, and that a lot of people had issues with him. So it seems like he'd be a diva. Yeah. So. So, we'll see. Maybe it'll be much better. Again, it can't be worse. <laughs> he was bringing it all down. So I've got to say, I am so surprised that your take was this was so much better. <laughs> I know I laughed when because when I was watching it, I remembered you saying like that you'd be so surprised if I liked it better than you, and I'm like, well, surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, yep. 
Yeah, I do think that this spent more time on other characters and their relationships where you kind of built it out. Like really, especially the like the relationship between Yen and Taseya, we see a lot more of that. I think we get so much, like you feel something. And yeah, even though like, you know, the non-book reader friends or friend was like, I, I found it confusing. I frankly can't imagine that this would be more confusing than season one, which was completely out of order in terms of chronology. So right. like, I was like, I think in this season, we really get more of a sense of like, what are the political goals of the various factions and what are the factions and who is aligned with who and why they are aligned and why mm -hmm. we are at war. I feel like in the first two seasons, it was like vaguely battling happening. And you're like, why? Who? Yeah. What? And here, I think it, we did get a better, like, I think the, um, the party in Eratusa, mm -hmm. I, I loved how they did that episode where they. Like, it was cool. Yeah, where they like kept replaying it and giving you more information each time. Mm -hmm. I thought that was very clever. Yeah, I liked that too. It was unexpected, and I, yeah, I and it was, was Henry Cavill's best performance in yes! the entire. Yes, season. I was just thinking that. Like, it wasn't great, but it was the best. It was definitely better. <laughs> well, because he had to actually like do things where he was like faking it as Geralt. Yeah. And so I think that was that was better. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm also glad, you know, Siri wasn't like right next door when he and Yen were getting it on. Instead she was off in a cabin in the woods, you know. Oh, I also loved the scene where where Siri and Yaskir are watching uh, Yennefer and Geralt from afar and doing their dialogue for them while they're watching them talk. <laughs> yeah. And like, how could you do blah 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 blah? And she's like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> they're both like yeah that's exactly what that's good that's good that is what they would say that was really funny yeah i liked their how their relationship developed i i do think that this season did a better job of like really building out other character relationships and know? also making i feel like the world feel more like a lived in fan like fantasy world with like yeah. i have a sense of who is who where is where what is going on in this world and yeah. it yeah, except for when you ask it, it would make a Marvel-esque joke and I'd be out of it. <laughs> but like, yeah, I think because of the all over the placeness of the previous seasons and again, like the the shoddy costuming and the, the much worse sets, much worse lighting, much worse editing in the first two seasons, it felt like a student film at a Renaissance fair before. And now I, I felt immersed in a different world and I felt immersed in like the characters and politics yeah. hated Henry Cavill, but that's just been true for the entire time. So that's not specific to season three. <laughs> His wig looked better in season three. So that's good. <laughs> I guess I all now looking back, I also feel like the season wasn't trying as hard to be like, Hey, we're being sexy all the time. Which I think is true of, like, most of these types of shows. Like, Game of Thrones opened with, like, the first season, first couple seasons being, like, how can we get a tit in here? And, like, by, as we moved on, like, we were, like, okay, no one has time for tits. We've got, like, politics and battle to be doing. And, like, it got steadily less tits as we went. Yeah. And I feel like that's true of a lot of, like, stuff like this that are, like, try to hook you with, like, ooh, look how gory. Look how sexy. And right. like, then they were like, whatever, we, we have plot to do. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was, it was nice. The, uh, you know, every time Yen was on screen, she wasn't topless. It's cool. <laughs> and I, for all three seasons, I have really liked the music. I think the, like the, not just like Yaskier was singing. I mean, like the, the score for like the background music. I really like the vibe of it. It has like, it doesn't sound like generic fantasy um, adaptation music because, like, I think they've really leaned into a sound that more evokes, like, this kind of, like, Eastern European kind of vibe and sound which to, like, you know, yeah. kind of, like, pay homage to the source of the yeah. stories. I feel like you're talking me into liking this better than I thought I did and realizing I really just really, really hated a couple episodes. <laughs> That's my, that's my goal in life is to make you hate the things you thought you loved and love the things you thought you hated. Mission accomplished. Right. Yeah, no, I was sad that I actually like I would have watched the whole thing in one night, but I like kind of specifically wanted to like save some for the next day. Um, 
So I had the last okay. one. Okay. Well, I'm glad it wasn't a miserable viewing experience for you. I know. When I sat down to watch it originally, I was like, oh, why did I agree to do this? And then it opened with the stupid letter writing thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, and, but then I kept I was... watching and I realized that by like the halfway through episode three, I was like, I'm having a great time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into this. <laughs> yeah. I do feel like things got a lot better at episode three. I feel like the first two episodes, I was like, oh my gosh, if this doesn't get better, I'm going to stop watching this show. And then episode three, I was like, okay, this is getting better. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think like other things. We might want to talk about is there anything else you hated about it that we haven't talked about is there i don't know i feel like yeah the letter writing that that whole that whole episode was terrible just generally terrible it was very silly so stupid um and I think it was supposed to be romantic, and it was not romantic. It felt like a Nicholas Sparks movie. <laughs> but worse. It was like, I was like, why? I'm also like, why, as we're traveling around, are we, like, living in separate places? Why are we giving each other silent treatment? Like, we're grown adults co-parenting a child. Like, what the hell is happening? The child that looks like she's the same age as you, and so- someone is styling her hair, and... <laughs> I just figure she's like a teenager and they look really good for their ages. I mean, in fairness, they are supposed to be a lot older than they look, but still. But again, like, even though we've seen a lot more screen time of Geralt and Siri together, Mm -hmm. I'm much more, I found much more convincing the relationship between Yennefer and Siri because those two are good actors. And then Uh, there's just Geralt who's like, Siri, good job today. Yeah. I'm Geralt. I yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I you're, you're totally right, and that is supposed to be the central relationship. Well, one of the central relationships, but, um, but yeah, between Siri and girls, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It also really bothers me. It has bothered me the entire three seasons. Yeah, that Henry Cavill has dark stubble. <laughs> like, either have a clean-shaven face. Or a white beard. But dark stubble makes the gray white wig look even worse and more fake. Like I mean, I guess. I think it's I think it's on purpose though. Cause like you can't have him be clean shaven. He's supposed I agree. to be and white stubble. stubble or white beard. Or at least like gray, some gray. Something. It could be like a mix. But it really makes it look extra fake. I I'm think like, all the art of Geralt has a white beard. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he didn't want to dye his beard. Oh, well, you know, actors have to do stuff like that, poor baby. <laughs> also, it's a beard. Like, it'll, what, it grows, stubble like that grows in a couple days? Like, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it is interesting, because he does have, like, a full beard in a lot of art, doesn't he? And all of the video games and all the book covers and all the fan art, he's got a beard and it's white. That's true. I, I mean, it always bothered me that they didn't go full white with his wig, that like yeah. they did like a salt and pepper kind of thing, I guess, to sort of go with the dark stubble on his face. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, he's the white wolf. He's the white haired witcher. Like, it's like pretty significant to his description slash character. Yeah. I wonder, I do wonder why they decided not to go with the beard. Probably because Henry Cavill thought that he didn't look as hot. He'd look too much like Santa Claus. I mean, I guess that's fair. But I mean, like, I as, as far as I can tell, I forget if they've actually said it outright in the books, but, like, the vibe for his hair being white is that it's, like, a mutation that's, like, made his hair kind of, like, albino-like. That it's, like, devoid of color. Not yeah. that it's, like, kind of pale or kind of blonde or that he's right. going gray like a human, like, normally does. It's that, like, the whatever in you puts color in your hair is, like, gone. It's, like, your body has, like, been, because of the mutations, like, a side effect of that is that there's, like, no, like, color in your hair. Well, that's what gray hair is. 
But the fact that like gray hair is like some of the hair has started to do that, but the rest of it still has color. And that's why you get the salt and pepper thing going on. But yeah. if your mutation has been like no color in your hair, that's not because you're going gray. It's like right. nothing, no color, white hair. Or at least all silver or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, too, with a beard, it's not like you have to have, like, a long beard. You could just have, like, like a very short... Again, beard. most of the fan art of Geralt has just, like, a a short, like, clean-looking beard. Mm-hmm. Well, who knows? We'll see what we get in season four, whenever that happens. I also Which, feel like I know that Geralt is like big and strong, but Henry Cavill's muscliness always looked like cumbersome and like like he's like it just added to him just kind of looking ineffectual. Like when they would make a big deal about how fast he is and what a great fighter he is, I'm like, he looks like he's like too muscly to move fast. Like, <laughs> you know, like he looks like he's bursting out of his clothes, like because he's like like legitimately like too muscly. Like I mean, I don't think we're gonna. That's gonna change. I mean, with... Liam Hemsworth is not nearly as bulked up as Henry well, Cavill is. Depending like, on he's what muscular, do. but he's no Thor. <laughs> Leave that to his brother. <laughs> Plus, in just in terms of like how they've always looked in movies, like since before he was Superman, Henry Cavill is just kind of like a thicker built person, which is absolutely fine. Um, but it just for the character of Geralt, who's supposed to be this like pirouetting like rapid mutant who like moves like with supernatural speed he always looked incapable of that to me in the show partly because of how they dressed him too i feel like they put him in these pants that looked like they were too tight for him because like then we can see his like his uh wonderful backside but like in terms of him being able to fight it looks like his pants would like restrict his ability to like do the things he needs to do to like quickly fight. Yeah, I don't think that's the goal of the costuming in this show. Well, that's why I really liked how they did Jennifer's costuming this season, where she was wearing, you know, a little CW-ish stuff where it's like, I don't know if that wholly makes sense, but these kind of like airy pants that looked like comfortable and easy to move around in. Mm -hmm. I loved how they did her hair. Um, like she looks kind of like semi-medieval, semi-modern, like, and you yeah. think sorceresses, you know, okay, sorceresses probably have their own idea of style. So, like, the fact that she looks different from your average peasant also fits. So, like, right. she looks so much better than when she, like, wore these, like, Xena the Warrior Princess-inspired outfits. Yeah, it makes more sense for what she does. I did not like series like, Abercrombie and Fitch, like, fur-lined vest. <laughs> that was silly. It's a look. No, it's fine. It was a look. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think the best costuming, like overall, was I liked how Yennefer looked in mm -hmm. season three. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, I guess we haven't really talked about the elves. About them, like plot wise or costuming or. I mean, either. Me. We haven't talked about them at all. <laughs> I don't... I feel like... They're not really, like, characterized in, as being characters. Like, there's no, like, elf characters that we're meant to, like, pre be particularly attached to. Well, I feel like the queen sort of. More so. Yeah. But not really her either. Yeah. I really like the actress that they've chosen for her. I think yeah. she's a lot more charismatic than Geralt! <laughs> Yep, I would agree. And then the woman who she's friends with, what I don't remember everybody's names, but um, oh, um, Fringilla, yes, Fringilla, yeah, yeah, she's an interesting character, and kind of what she goes through is intense. Um, yeah. oh, and then all the like the assassins and everything, all the like political, there's just so much with political injury there's just i feel i feel like we got a lot more time away from Geralt. thank god away from Geralt. yeah yeah that's why i enjoy season three so much more <laughs> <laughs> less Geralt. yeah yeah it was it was interesting i feel like it was easier to follow the various political intrigues and machinations so, and why yeah. they were happening and why you should care about them yes i which I again agree. like 
in theory, they did a much better job kind of like setting up the situation that then Geralt is supposed to be this kind of like the person around whom these things are happening and is insisting on being neutral about it. And like how we're supposed to like go through this plot with him and kind of watch neutrality be not an option and mm -hmm. watch him come to that realization. But we watched him physically be present for that and then be physically present for the part where he says a line about no longer being neutral. So yeah. not really a, an emotional arc there, but no. Yeah. Not the emotion part, but there was a step. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Like, the screenwriters wrote like a decent arc there mm -hmm. in terms of the whole storyline with everybody and then what Geralt sees happen yeah. and what would make him change his mind. It's just Henry Cavill did nothing with it. So Yeah. Well, hopefully whenever we get season four, it'll be better, which I don't even know what to expect because with the strike finally just ending, I mean, I'm guessing they haven't done anything um, yeah. with season four. I would imagine not. So it's probably going to be a while also, I'm still bummed that they canceled Shadow and Bone. Yep. They're about to do they? the Six of Crows heist, too. They were going to do a spinoff show. They had scripts written. Yep. I honestly suspect that a lot of um, more expensive shows, like the historical and fantasy mm -hmm. type of shows, are going to be scrapped by a lot of different um, streaming services and networks because it's an easy way to recoup what they lost during the strike because those are the most costly to produce. So by simply not producing them, you are save making a savings in terms of the cost of production. Right. It really sucks though because that was such a good show. Yeah. Yeah. They are shooting themselves in the foot long term. Like I get in the short term why you would make a decision like that. Let's cut the most costly things we make to you know right. to boost our revenues but that also means that you're gonna have shittier stuff that you know like well, i get like, it but i don't people, get like, it. Are, how long are people gonna keep paying for your streaming service yeah. if there's nothing worth watching so i it's don't know being, yeah it's being penny wise and pound foolish yeah yep so we'll see i mean i'm still like because i'm still watching witcher i'm still watching bridgerton so I'm, you know. Well, I mean, there. there's certain shows that I'm certain that they will also never cut because they are their flagship shows. Like Stranger Things is going nowhere. Like people, it's like one of the biggest, like most popular, most recognizable properties right. owned by Netflix. <clears throat> but the smaller ones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what I'm watching right now, actually, and really enjoying is Wednesday. What? Didn't that come out last year? Yeah, but I never saw it. And I was like, is there a new season? No. I just hadn't watched it. And we were like, oh, we need something else to watch now that we're done with, like, Witcher. And so I was like, well, let's try this. And it's really fun. I like it. I initially liked Wednesday, but ultimately was really, really annoyed at how it doesn't make any sense, like, the plot line mm -hmm. that they wrote for Wednesday. Because, like, okay. the character of Wednesday slash the Adams family, like, they revel in death and they revel mm -hmm. in, like, pain and suffering. And that's what's adorable and quirky about the Adamses. And so then, like, they, they emphasize that in the first couple episodes, as they always do, that the Adamses are, like, glorious pain, suffering, we love it. <laughs> but then, like, as the show goes on, it's, like, a really normal plot where it's, like, a bad thing is happening and our main character is trying to prevent the bad thing from happening. It's, like, but shouldn't Wednesday be, like, into the bad thing happening because it's ooh pain death we love it like it doesn't make yeah. any sense that this is the plot you wrote for Wednesday <laughs> that's fair I'm just really enjoying it I also just think that um Tana Ortega's uh performance is really good yeah well the first couple episodes I really 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 liked it and I thought that like all her like sarcastic lines about enjoying pain and suffering were hysterical but they don't yeah. make any sense as the show goes on and it's like wait well, a minute wait a minute that's what? fair i feel like she's supposed to be experiencing growth though liana <laughs> but no because like they still characterize her as like liking pain and death but then her actions say the opposite and it's like what are we doing what are we doing i don't know so far, i think I'm they also shouldn't have put her in a school 
of other weirdos because the whole point of the Adamses is that they are the weirdos and it's yeah. the hilarity of the Adamses is how they're so different from the normies and it's like that juxtaposition that's funny but Wednesday is like the least weird person in the whole school so it's like can well, they have just like put her in like a regular boarding school? like magical schools it's because people like watching magical school stories but then you should have just written a magical school thing and not involved the Adamses because this doesn't make sense like I think it would be really fun if they had just done a normal boarding school because it's the boarding school is what people like yeah um and have everyone be like normal at this normal boarding school and Wednesday Adams being the weird Wednesday Adams at the normal boarding school. I do think that would be very entertaining. But I'm also enjoying what they did for now. I'm I think I'm like four episodes. Could have been way better is all I'm saying. Well maybe you should just become one of the writers for these shows and tell them what to do. I don't know. What I've seen in the news has made me think that that's not a great way to go. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't seem like they're treated all that well. That is true. But they did have a successful strike this year, which is great. But they need a strike. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anything else on uh, season three, the Witcher books? Well, I do hope that people don't ditch the Witcher on principle because of Liam Hemsworth taking over. Because, mm-hmm. oh my god, guys, Henry Cavill is not awesome. Do yeah. not, like, boycott on his behalf he left by choice they didn't kick him out like he wasn't great anyway Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is a good thing like there are so many other great actors in the show yeah and liam hemsworth is not worse i mean worst case scenario he might be the same no he'll definitely be at least marginally better because (laughs) At the very least, I don't think Liam Hemsworth has the kind of ego that Henry Cavill has. So he'll be less of a diva for everyone to work with, which will just be like a better vibe on set. And everyone will just have a better time working with him. And that Mm -hmm. will show. We hope. So we'll see what happens. In a year, probably. I have um, prophetic capabilities and I have seen the future. Mm -hmm. Um, I have visions like Siri. Oh. And I've seen the future of The Witcher, and it's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, it's not have worse. you gone into a desert yet? No, because you still have your powers. I live in a desert, ma'am. It's called Los Angeles. That's a good, fair point. <laughs> That's my entire existence. What are you talking about? I'm waiting on Little Horse to rescue me. You know, I did think it was interesting how they did the unicorn thing, because like the, the horn looked like kind of almost creepy and like spindly like it was actually i don't know i think i feel like they did a decent job of it didn't look like uh it didn't look like my little pony no (laughs) (laughs) looks like a horse little horse yeah yeah okay well i feel like that's that's most of it um surprise it was Leon, I actually liked it. Yeah, it. Turns out the title of this episode is a uh, big changing switcheroo. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'll be rewriting the title of the episode uh, before it goes. I don't on. know. It has a question mark on it. I think it can stay. It could. Worst season yet? Because that was the question we opened with. You being like, "I think it's the worst," isn't it? And I was like, "No." No. In this essay. I will. <laughs> <laughs> surprise <laughs> i mean the other uh, the, the alternate to- episode title would be something like liana actually likes so no i feel like we could stay with this this is fine um so we do on my radar sharing upcoming book releases or i that were or i'm excited about i don't know if liana has anything towards the end of the year well there was patrick rothbard's new book is that what? mentioned? Patrick Rothfuss's new book? Yeah, mention that. It was Narrow Road Between Desires. Is that what it's called? I think so. So yeah, it's not Doors of Stone, y'all, but it is something. It's something. I just bought it, actually. I have it. Yeah, mine. I ordered both the UK and the US copies. I'm still waiting on my UK copy. I should get the UK one. Yeah, so this is a reimagining of the Lightning Tree. But I believe it's from Bast's perspective. 
Interesting. Yeah, I think you're right. So that's, I mean, that's interesting. I don't know if we're ever going to get. And I really, this. really liked the slow regard of silent things. So I I'm not too. mad about having another novella. Yeah, no, same. I really liked it a lot too. So I'm excited that we have that. And um, let's see other things. Bookshops and Bone Dust by. Also, Thomas. have you gotten the new edition of Name of the Wind? No. What? What is that from? Um, I got this from Blackwell's. Oh my goodness! Is that just like a new UK hardcover? Yeah, well, Golands did like a special Emporium edition, which is this, but with sprayed edges. But at the regular, like, UK shops are selling it without the sprayed pages. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, cool. So that's I on need... my radar. <laughs> oh, so I need that in my life. <laughs> they also did uh, Lies of Locke Lamora. Okay. Nice. Oh, I see it. Ooh. Oh, this is so pretty. Okay, I will be ordering that very soon. That's super exciting. We did on my radar, huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I've got uh, Bookshops and Bone Dust by Travis Baldry, which is the prequel to Legends and Lattes, which I didn't like as much. I, you didn't like Legends and Lattes. I loved it. And I've heard a lot of people say the bookshops and bone dust isn't as good as Legends and Lattes, and I didn't think Legends and Lattes was good. So. <laughs> but if you liked Legends and Lattes, I think it's still worth reading. I just don't think it's as true. I don't know. I, I think part of the problem is that because it's a prequel, it it kind of removes a lot of the sense of stakes of like, oh, well. What stakes? There were no stakes in Legends and Lattes. <laughs> you know, because it's cozy. Yeah, no, but I feel like this we've I don't know. I, I did enjoy it though. There's like a bookshop that Oh, is there in bookshops and bone dust? You shockingly, me. shockingly enough. Um the Viv is trying to help revitalize because she's stuck in a town recovering from an injury from battle. So sounds thrilling. That's cute. Um we have System Collapse by Martha Wells, which is the latest Murderbot Diaries book, which I should have already read but have not. But I will read it because I love Murderbot. And then I put this on the list, but it's not actually very good because I read it since I made this list. <laughs> Calamity by Constance Fay, which I think might be one of our, uh, I think Amanda might be picking it for um, book club next year. Something to look forward to. Oh. Oh, I'm gonna dislike a book club book. What's so no, unusual? but like, listen, it like for me, it was it was like painful to read at times. So I just I can. In only fairness, imagine. you told me that you despised Witcher season three and that I would too, and then I loved it. So true. But there's like a line in this book that I want to say is something along the lines of like I I don't I can't remember the exact the exact way it was it was said. But something like using the word nonplussed, but then saying I was entirely it was I was entirely devoid of of pluses or plus or something like that. I don't so know. So it's using nonplus incorrectly in two ways because yeah. it's grammatically incorrect and also the meaning is incorrect. Yes. Wow. Yes. Stuff like that. Stuff like that. It's a sci-fi romance. It it wasn't very good wow so that was originally on my oh go check it out list and then i i've read it since i added that to, to did you know that my mommy is nonplussed incorrectly in front of me twice so many people do it but my mother i know i almost wonder if at some point because it's become so common that it's going to Oh, in the dictionary, it's it, after the real definition of nonplussed, it says North American in uh, unofficial or North American colloquial or something 
is the way that people use it incorrectly. So it's literally like, and for dumb Americans, it also means this because they think it means this. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Y'all should be embarrassed that the dictionary did that. That's, yeah, I was wondering if that was going to happen. Hmm. Okay, then. Well, yeah, so I don't necessarily recommend Calamity, but it was a time. I finished it. I, the only reason I didn't DNF it is because I knew we were probably going to have to read it for a book club. <laughs> um, but we, we will be back. <laughs> so you can, December 12th is our next episode. I'll be here with Izzy and we're talking about a couple of Netflix holiday movies. I will say it's slim pickings this year because of the strike. So we're going to talk about two movies um, best Christmas ever and Christmas as usual. One of which is an imported movie from Europe and was dubbed. So like there are not a lot of holiday movie options this year, but, uh, so we'll be back December 12th talking about that. And then our final episode of the year will be all three of us talking about our best and worst of the year. Sounds like um, Calamity's got a spot. Yeah, it was not great. Um, yeah. So, should be fun. Join us. This has been Chapter 3 Podcast. We're your hosts, Bethany and Liana. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Chapter 3 Podcast. And you can find us on our individual YouTube channels. Join us for our next episode. And this episode's bonus content will be available to patrons in the next few days. Thanks.